Wing off, but I'm still it like I'm filmic with the still stick flipping birdies real quick for the music. Get the meal quick to the table. Get your felt again. Remember how to feel shit. Take a real hit to the ego. Pill sip, no placebo. Now that chill shit you said you people make you real sick. Play the people. Now the hell shit becoming lethal. Hey, see I've been falling back. Watch a game from a distance. No please, ODs from the children. Uh, no fees, cold feet when it's finished. Uh, no peace in the streets that we live in. What is up, everybody? We are back. Episode 7, Season 2 of the Forever Rich Podcast. You already know the deal. You got me, obviously, A.B. Guapo, the infamous, the most handsome on this planet. Wow. A. Get the yeah, fuck out of anyway. here with that gay shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got my guy, King Diamond Eye, always. What's good, everybody? How's your week? And, well, it was good. But before I even get into that, oh. we got a third person, like we promised you guys last week, the one and only T. Gray Bill, everybody. GB. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. That's, I'm excited yeah. to be here. We're going to get into some cool stuff. I miss you guys, man. I know, right? Yeah, it's not it, the it, same no more. Are you still at McConnell? Nah, man. So from McConnell, I went to Korea, did a year in Korea. And then uh, a PCS to Utah. Okay. That's cool. Oh, yeah, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've been here for about two months now. So okay. you're almost close to your uh, your dream home. Weren't you talking about buying some land in Montana? Yeah, that was the goal, dude. That was the goal. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, I, I watched you guys talk with Chestnut a little bit um, about the uh, the housing market and land and money. Mm. And listen, I don't have half a million dollars to buy. 1200 square foot house you know so i hear you who knows what will happen it's a grind they they do make it hard for people to own property i don't understand why they why they have it set up like that but with with as much as like you have to pay like just on the principal plus the taxes and then the insurance and then i just i like and i mean nobody's taking va loans you know so it's it's a nightmare man It'll go down yeah. though eventually. So I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I'd like to retire at some point. You know, know. <laughs> yeah, live in a house at some point. Retire. I know, right? <laughs> are Are you in housing in Utah? Yeah, or? man. So yeah, uh, as soon as I, as soon as we got a rip for, um, so we got the rip for Korea and Utah at about the same time. Um, and because we're on the EFMP program, I had to do all of my stuff for my family. Uh, to PCS to Hill before I left for Korea. So luckily, uh, I made really, we made really good friends with, uh, I don't know if you guys ever met him. His name was Lieutenant Colonel Wilhelm. And he, uh, he came out, helped us out. He worked the gate every Friday as a Lieutenant Colonel, armed up, vest up, kitted up. Dude was a thug. Uh, helped me do all that paperwork. And um, we got a house uh, pretty fast. That's so uh, it, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Because if yeah. for all those listeners that are civilians that I don't know, trying to get military housing is a fucking nightmare. It is so fucking ridiculous. It's rough. Stupid. Yeah, it's, it's tough. You usually get put on a waiting list, and if it's and, full, so. and then by the time you get a house, it's the one of the shittiest ones. It's not the new built ones because they put all the officers in it and shit. So yep. it's like, my counterpart in S two right now, man, is PCS enough to FE. And um, so he's PCSing in like on the 17th of next month, which is coming up pretty fast. Yes, yeah, lifestyle, dude. That's because yeah. that's because AB was supposed to go to FE, weren't you? No, I was supposed to go to Minot. No, uh, that's that Northern no. Tier stuff, man. Yeah, it was still Northern like, Tier, but 45 on the list, dude. 45 on the housing list. Yeah, it's so. freaking crazy, man. That's and then I, for those that don't know, like housing is pretty decent. Just for the simple fact, like you don't have to worry about no bills, but then it's like it's going to like FE and all, like all these towns that basically live off military installations. Yeah. Renting is fucking ridiculous. Like they jack up the prices because they know that military members make a little bit money for to live out there. So you're paying probably much an arm and a leg just to fucking live off base, just as much as you would living on base. So. Yeah. 
I always thought it was weird that like BAH is a public like thing that people can just look up. Like, what's the BAH for this area? And like, right. they can and see... they always tell you like it's illegal for like landlords and and like owners of places to make your rent your entire BAH. But that's what people do. Yeah, they're not, like, they're not dumb enough to be like, well, I'm not gonna go look that up. It's illegal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're gonna go look it up, find out what it is, and charge around that price. It'll be like fifty bucks less than what your B, what you make in BAH, but you gotta pay that in utilities anyway. So yeah, they get you. They get you either way. But oh, that's yeah. a little that's a little introduction from from a boy. We're gonna hear a lot more from him throughout the episode. <laughs> but we do have a very interesting show. And you know, I say, I feel like I say that every week, but it really just does be like interesting topics. Like in my opinion, I find yeah. it super interesting. Yeah, I don't so, feel like we we don't talk about the same shit over and over like most podcasts, and we try to put in new shit that not everyone else is talking about majority of the time. Agreed. Agreed. But one of the reasons why we asked Gray Bill on this episode, because two of the topics are military related. So we wanted to get the opinion of somebody who is active duty. We're going to be talking about the COVID vaccine finally being approved and being mandated on military members. We're, we're going to talk about the events in Afghanistan. And we're going to switch gears and go into real world topics where we're going to talk about uh, Elon Musk and the first like AI, if you guys have seen this, like AI Android iRobot fucking. Uh, that's basically what that it they, is. Yeah, yeah, it's basically. Talking to a book, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. That Tesla has made. And then we're going to talk about the PJ Tucker, Brittany Renner situation, which has been on a lot of people's tongues over the past couple of weeks. And she's had some things to say. He's had some things to say. So it's a very interesting topic. And, you know, we guys, we get into the weeds of, uh, of relationships, love and all that stuff. So, you know, that will be a very interesting topic, but we're going to start out with the COVID vaccine for troops. Actually, before we do that, we can do a recap of how was everyone was week. So you can go first, Malcolm. How was your week? It was a grind, man. That's all I can say. I was like, like always, like I grind through the bullshit just to get excited just for this one, just for the episodes. And then especially since GB's on, I was super excited. Like we've been DMing each other all week long. Like, bro, can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, getting everything ready for Mars's birthday and everything. So getting the house situated because we're going to have relatives over and stuff. So just doing my chores when That's I can do my chores. Snap, su- supervising you. Yeah, man. <laughs> I full blown. She's right there, sitting right next to me. Like, are you sure you're doing that right? Like, are you sure? No. All right, I don't want to lay down on this shit and it just falls off. You know, make sure you start extra tight. So, uh, <laughs> most of my days off, I spend time with my. I spend most of my days with my daughter, which is awesome because I work like crazy during the week. So, and then it's like, yeah. It's awesome because it's just me and her. So it's like we just get to hang out with each other. Like normally, like even when I'm off early or some shit like that, it's always like her mom's here. So she always wants her mom's attention because, you know, she's still a baby. So it's just like her mom's like queen of the world, which she is. But it's like she forgets about me. So it's like, what the fuck am I, a chopped liver in this bitch? Like, what the hell? Well, I'm hoping that transition, you know, when she comes daddy's girls, you know, hoping soon because it's like, she wants everyone but me unless it's like on my days off and then she's just like yo yo let's do this let's do that so um yeah super excited on my days off just to spend time with her but same old same old still haven't heard about my bike once again i've been grinding these work weeks and then every time i get like as soon as i get off at work i'd be like i'll be on my way home and it'd be like six o'clock and then it'd be like they close at six and I like I'll be driving, and then the next thing you know, I'm like mid driving, and I'm driving in the car, and the next thing I'm not even like paying attention to run. I'm like fuck, I forgot to call them once again. I'm like god damn it. So hopefully tomorrow I'm gonna set reminders tomorrow to give them a call. But one day you're gonna be driving home. It's gonna be six o'clock. And you're gonna be at a light, and you're just gonna look over, and there's gonna be like the mechanic on your bike. Like what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm gonna be two doors on my bike just doing wheelies. I'm like, what the fuck? Like no wonder it's been taking so goddamn long. Uh, but other than that, but, uh, it's been a good week. 
That's good. That's good. My week was been quiet. Um, nothing really going on. Prepping, thinking about having a little uh, Labor Day barbecue, kind of like house introduction Ooh. thing. So just, still th- key word is thinking. It was like, as I was thinking, I was like, man, I want to do something. But at the same time, do I want to stand up and be on the grill all day and be hot? And like cook all day, and like I feel like barbecues are cool when you attend them, but they're not cool when you host them because then it's like you it's just work all day. It's a it's a, and then you gotta worry about all the cleanup too. So it's just yeah, like yeah, then you gotta clean everything up. And, and nobody's staying to help you with that shit, dude. No. Yeah, every well, no JB. No, and AB, he'll have some weird chick come to the party and be like, do you want me to stay and help you clean? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, there's like mountains of trash behind him. He's like, nah, I'm okay. I'll, I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll hire somebody to come. Do it. <laughs> like, on, that, on, that, on, that, on that time, I'd be like, yeah, you can stay. But as soon as we clean this up, you got to go. No, man, like, all the trash is out. Yeah. She can be like, oh, my, my PayPal doesn't work on my Uber. Can't, oh, I think I just going to, can I just stay the night? No, you just got to walk home. Sounds like, sounds shitty for you. It looks like you got to walk. She's going to like, she's going to like stuckle her phone next to your like uh, alarm system. So she gets the code. So she's just like in your house when you come home one day, like watch. <laughs> It's gonna be an episode where he's talking about some crazy ass shit. Mark my words. Before the season's I over, like, I feel like it would happen to anybody. It would be AB. Like that's oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I I mean like I don't. I, it's not like I got a sign outside of my door that says like "Stalkers welcome." Like, but they crazy. attract to you. That's the craziest part. They oh, uh, we didn't we didn't even tell the the listeners season one about his stalker that he had in his apartment. That one was crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember. I moved and I got away from that and I just I pretend like that person just doesn't exist anymore. That's for another episode. That has to be That's for yeah. I could literally sit here for an hour and talk about how weird that was. But other than that, other than having a cookout, oh my new my bedroom furniture came and y'all can see I have bought a futon for the uh, recording room, you know, to add a little bit of ambience in here. So, you know, maybe one episode I'll record via futon, you know, but uh, I don't know yet. But yeah, you very just comfortable. Five feet and that's just sets the mood, dude. Oh, is that because yeah, they were talking about uh, canceling your fans only account? So you had to get a casting ch- uh, couch yeah. back there. Is that what yeah, that was? Casting, yeah. Uh-huh, that's exactly right. what that's for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this weird, those weirdos that be outside my house on the couch, like, so why are you weird? <laughs> That's mm. Why are that you crazy? Wow, man. That yeah, shit's it's, crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's a crazy life I live, you know. But hey, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to be out here protecting the innocence. That's true. That's, That's it. true. What about you, GB? How was your week? Man, it's... uh, Dude, we had a recall at 4.15 this morning. Um. Piss test. Rough. I know you. I know you guys love that shit. Uh, so today <laughs> was just kind of all out of whack, dude. Um, but we've been busy, man. Since I got the S two job, um, the investigations gig, man. Like, you know, working flight. You know, throughout you guys' careers and my career as well. Like, you see the beginning of stuff. You know, like when you go to different calls and stuff. And then you know, I. You guys know I was the NCIC of confinement at McConnell, so I got to see the end of it. Now I get to kind of be in the weeds of it, man. So this week, man, we've been grinding out cases, a lot of interviews, a lot of drugs here in Utah. I don't know why. Because there's nothing drugs. else to do, man. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, there's nothing no, that's, else to do. That's it, that's it. Pornog- pornography and drugs, bro. That's all they Mormon have. City, dude. Mormon City, Mormon City. But yeah, man, that's about it. They just grinding. The the wife works. She works mid shift, so it's usually me and the kids in the evenings. Um, so I just like play Xbox and cry myself to sleep because I don't have anybody to sleep next to me. You better not be in that toilet. <laughs> oh, okay. You better not be in that toilet. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's about it, man. I think the dad life, you know, once you start uh, like being accustomed to it, you're like it becomes yeah. very. It becomes like a very like a comfort. Like you're like, man, yeah. like, this is good for me. And then like when something changes, like 
like your wife works mid shift and you're just like pouting because you're like, man, I got to sleep by myself and take care of the kids. Damn. Dude, right. And I got a big ass king size bed, man. I can roll over in that bitch twice and not be on the side. (laughs) I have a Californian king and I sleep at the edge of the bed because my 11 month year old daughter sleeps sideways and takes up the whole bed, bro. Yup. Yup. I don't, I don't miss that. Don't miss that shit. I turned over the other day and she was literally like in my armpit. I was like, oh, I can't even move because if I move, I'm just going to crush her. She's on the side of the bed, dude. Yep, I feel that shit. I I fucking hate it. But I love it at the same time. I mean, it's it's painting. Absolutely. You need a couple of kids, AB. That's going to be a very interesting. That sounds good. There has to be another party involved in that, I'm pretty sure, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it has to be willing as well. Like I, I can't that's, wake up one day. It's not there. like yeah, that's yeah. not the hard part. The hard part is finding one that's not crazy. Because that's almost as like his yeah. mo. It's like that's that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yes. So that's why I'm a futon. <laughs> I like how you bought a five. Like it looks like it's five feet gray and black futon and just set it in a random room with nothing else. It is. No, so look, exactly. look, wait. it's growing. <laughs> no, no. It's growing. The room's growing, but that's basically what it is. No, no. So the, yeah. yeah, the room is. It's it's supposed to be a gaming room. So like, I'm still working on it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but it had a lot of this room had a lot of empty space in it, and I was yeah. like, man, I need to fill up the space. So I was like, what's a good item that I could put in this room that you know looks good, but it's not expensive. I wasn't trying to spend a yeah. whole bunch of money on something stupid. I was like, a futon, perfect. Then, you know, if I have enough guests, someone needs somewhere to live, love, live, lay, lay down at, <laughs> futon turns right into the bed. Hey, perfect. I think it's perfect. Dude, I get it, man. I slept on a futon in Alaska all four years I was in Alaska, man. I get I, it. I, mean, I wouldn't do that shit, but. <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> bro. Yeah, that A1C life is not. Dude, it sucks, man. Food. It sucks. Yeah. But hey, real quick, real quick before we get into the weeds of this stuff, man. So I was I was watching the the Chestnut, you know, podcast, and I, who doesn't love that fucking guy, huh? That's my boy. And I'm super glad you guys got together and he came out. I love that dude, right? So he talked about the night at Dempsey's, right? He talked about yeah. that shit. So let me recount real fast what I saw, right? And I do okay. I do remember <laughs> I do remember. Um, I don't remember quite like a lot from that, but I do remember we were all fighting each other. Yes. And then at one, at one point in time, um, one of our other buddies, I'm not going to, I don't, can we name drop? I don't want to like impose or anything. We're not name dropping. One of our Names. other buddies who, who, <laughs> who worked with us was in a corner and like two bouncers were coming up to him. And all I heard was, all right, boys, who are we fighting and who are we fucking? And I, I swear <laughs> to Christ, dude, it was the funniest shit I'd ever heard. I need another. And Malcolm has Tim in a headlock, and Tim is like this, talking about trying yes. to collect it and kick somebody's ass, dude. That's because he punched. Yeah. He punched the owner of the, the uh, establishment. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. He randomly punched the owner. Like, and to this day, I I don't even know like what happened. Like, I'm just at the bottom of my own. You want to know the work? The craziest part about the whole thing, though. So we literally thought we were going to be banned from that place like for eternity. The exact next weekend we went back, we sat at the exact same table. Nobody said a word to us. They were just like, hey, shots, shots. So I was like, not, not only, not only were at that, did we not get banned? The bartender texted me and was like, when are you guys coming back? Like literally oh, the, the next day. <laughs> I was like, uh, I guess next weekend. <laughs> I will see you there. Like uh, and, and we made it a personal mission. Like everyone was like, "Oh no, we're definitely going back. We gotta, we, we want to see this owner because everyone was like, yeah. don't know who they punched or did what." So I was like, yeah. "Maybe, maybe if we make I a mean, return, we'll find out who who hit who." Be too mad at us. I literally, I think we bought every beer they had in the like the establishment. So there was yeah. So so that was a night that was because because you know because I had a young kid at that point in time too. So I it was very rare that I I happened to be able to go out right. So I went out with you guys on that night in lieu of going golfing that weekend. So that was my that was my call pass from the wife. <laughs> Fucking going out and getting into a big bar fight and uh instead of going golfing, so <laughs> 
That's all I'm hearing is it was worth it. That yeah, hundred percent was worth it, dude. Hanging out with you cats was super fun, man. It works up, but hanging out with you cats, that was cool. That's why I tell everybody, I'd be like, Wichita fucking sucks ass, but it's like the people that you were there with and just oh, made it ten yeah, times dude. amazing, dude. The, yeah, the mili- the military is all about the people. It really is, man. One hundred percent. And that's a great segue into the Afghan. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm yeah. not taking. It. No, no, you actually are perfectly right. So Nail it's all about coffin. the people, and uh, we've had some interesting stuff going on in Afghanistan. We have Taliban coming back and running amok and basically taking over Afghanistan, or well, at least yeah. Kabul, um, over and. I've been to Afghanistan. Malcolm's been to Afghanistan. Have you been to Afghanistan, Great Bill? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all three of us have been there. So like you're getting accounts from people who've actually been there and done that. So um, we really wanted to talk about this because, like I said, we've all been there before. And it's just a lot of people have had a lot of things to say about it. And I just feel like when people, like everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'll, I'll caveat with that. Right. You can get on social media and say what you want. But. You know, it's one thing to just comment on things and not really have a true understanding of what's going on. And then, you know, under actually being there and understanding what's going on. So that's why I want us to give our opinion, because we've been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't get any better of an opinion than someone who's actually sat there and been to the locations and done the stuff that, you know, people are talking about on social media. Um, So... Let's we'll start with Gray Bill. How are you feeling about the the events? Do you feel like we should have stayed there? Do you so, like, what do you feel? So, like? I I don't know, man. It, I was in a real weird headspace, you know, the day that Kabul got um, taken back over. I was in a, you know, so my Afghanistan. I think you guys went a little bit after I did. I went in 2013 to Kabul. Um, yeah, we went and, in 14. Yeah, right, right, uh, and. And um, we did PSD. And for those of you who don't know, it's a personal security. So we did it for a, a, a guy that was pretty high on, on the totem pole. So I was fortunate enough to go like all over Afghanistan, um, specifically in the Kabul area. Uh, we got out some a little bit outside of the green zone. Um, but right there at our FOB, man, ISAF headquarters, the U.S. Embassy and all that was right there. Um, so, it, you know, when when the news broke that the Taliban had taken back Kabul, it, it was really I, I was in a weird headspace, you know, it, it was frustrating. Um, it, I don't know. It was just, it was real frustrating, man. And then like, you know, everybody wants to make it political. Oh, it's Joe Biden's fault. Oh, it's Donald Trump's fault. You know, um, you know, the, the Trump campaign wanted people out, you know, by May that was initiated by the Trump administration. Um, I don't think a lot of people look into that specifically like the right wing people, you know, because they don't care what anybody says on the left side, you know, um, and I don't want to get to that big political debate, but there is some politics behind it. And and that's what I don't think, you know, veterans and active duty and the people who are still they don't give a shit about politics, you know, like they don't care about that stuff. They care about doing the mission, coming home, you know, taking care of those people, because that's why we were there in the first place is to take care of those people, you know, they, it, They've been, we've been at war with them for 20 years. You know, that's, that's frustrating. Um, and the Taliban, you know, I've been watching the news and reading articles and stuff. And, and the Taliban is saying that America lost the war. I don't specifically count it as a loss. I think we failed. I, I, that's, that's more of my opinion. I think we failed. Um, and I do think politics has a big part to play in that. Because you don't hear, you know, CNN, Fox News, all these other news media outlets, you know, saying, you know, the good things that we did, the madrazas that the Americans built, the schools, you know, the hospitals, helping these people. You always hear about the bad shit, you know, and and that's I think it's sad. I think it's really sad. And, yeah, man, I was just in a weird headspace. I've been in a weird headspace for some time. So those are I mean, that's my thought about it, man. I don't know. It's just it's a it's a strange feeling. Look, I'll let you go. Um, I, I totally agree with you, Gray Bill. Um, but I one thing I will say is I have agreed actually with Joe Biden's approach to the situation, which is just to leave it alone. Um, I don't think at this point it is our fight to go back over there and reclaim something that you let go yourselves. Like as a as a country or just as a person, like yeah. I, 
I, I will put this in a perspective. Maybe people might be understanding more understanding. Like imagine if you had a house, right? Then your house got messed up by a hurricane and then your neighbors came and tried to like take over your house. Right. And you asked for help from the police, the police come and, you know, they quarrel the situation, get you back in control of your house and you start rebuilding your house. And then, you know, you get a good footing down and then the police are like, okay, you look like you got this. You, you look good. You, you good. We out of here, you know, and then you leave and then the neighbors come back and you just are like, here you go. And that's basically what, what happened, you know, uh, right. the Taliban, yeah, the Taliban came back and the people, you know, the, the people that we literally trained up, like I've seen it firsthand. I was a part yeah. of it. Like Absolutely. you sit down with them, you're showing them how to fight. You're showing them how to load their guns. You're showing them how to make defensive presiding uh, positions. You're showing them how to military tactics that we learned ourselves. And we go over there and we teach them that stuff. And it's in an attempt to be like, okay, we're getting you back on your feet. That is the goal of this. The goal is not for America to occupy this country and to turn it into a Germany. That was never the point, the point of that. Right, so, right. so when Obama and Trump, you know, and they're both both of their ministry, I mean, this goes all the way back to Obama who started pulling troops out, right? That slow progression of people leaving, you knew the Taliban knew at firsthand. And that these people aren't going to fight for this. So as soon as the troops yeah. are gone, the American troops are gone, they're going to come right back. Easy enough. Absolutely, um, man. And so I feel like if that's the mindset that you guys have to just be like, we're going to let it go, then why do we, why would we spend our money, our manpower, lose, you know, send more people to go over there and possibly die right. for, for a country that's not going to fight for themselves? There's just no point in that, you know, and I, I feel bad for the people, you know, that are over there. And I, I don't wish that on pawn anybody, but there's only so much you can do to help somebody if they're not going to help themselves. Right. Right. That's you can't fight an idea, man. You can't fight an idea. This is a generational thing. You know, how many, how yeah, many Taliban yeah. members has America created? Right. We trained the Taliban up. I mean, people don't, people no. don't, yeah, people don't really know that, but we created or helped create what the Taliban is today. We trained those yeah. people up. We, we from gave the them Soviet, the ability to fight. From the Soviet era, man. Yeah. So, you know, it's also kind of like, hey, like, we made our mess. We tried to fix it up as best we could. And now it's just kind of like, it is what it is. Like, these countries got to gotta do stuff for themselves now, too. And yeah. you can't only give so much support to somebody. We have our own problems here. You know, the country, yeah. you know, we got a ton of problems here with, um, you know, Black Lives Matter movements and police yeah. brutality and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, we got to we got to focus on ourselves now. We can't we can continue to be as a country always being other people first, because when right. you do that, when you do that, the inside starts to fall apart. So I, I it's sad That's to why. see the it's sad to see it like that. but. There's really nothing more we can do. And that's Dude, the best thing for that country would be for the Taliban to actually create some form of government and start like fresh. Well, yeah, fresh, but like making it like a a, a living like government and not just be assholes and kill people yeah. for no reason. Do you know what that would do to America? It would make it would make America right now look like complete buffoons. For being over there, saying the Taliban, the Taliban should have never been in control, you know. And also because our country's so far divided, it would make the Biden administration look so good if the Taliban, if because he said that we would that we would be out by the thirty first, and Russia and China aren't going to be out. They don't care because they're crazy, right? It would make Joe the Biden administration look so good, and that would just that would just these right wing folks would just go batshit crazy over that. And that I think that would create more divide. To be honest with you, that's what I would do if I was leader of the Taliban. Yeah, and I mean, I think people. The thing about people watch like other countries watch America too. Like people don't really realize oh, yeah. like the turmoil that happened with uh, Trump and the election and stuff. Like people were paying attention to that that weren't oh, yeah. in the United States, so they know the country's like not in a good state stage. You got COVID all around. 
You know what I'm saying? Like they, yeah. they time this perfectly. They know what they're doing. They're not stupid. So it's just one of those situations where, yes, it's very sad, but you only can do so much. Like I said, like we've all, all three of us has been here. So you only can do so much. Um, agree, what man. are you, what are you feeling? All right. All right. <laughs> oh, it's, it's looking rough. This one's looking going to be rough. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. All right. So I'm, I was a little conflicted to be honest, so 100% with you guys. And one side, I can see why a lot of people are upset. I mean, just to see the media does what media does and they get views, clicks, whatever they want. So they're showing all these mass people trying to flee their country, you know, jumping on aircrafts or whatever, trying to do whatever they can to leave the country. So, of course, you know, as a human being, seeing something being done so humane to these people is it's heart, it's heartbreaking. So I understand it. I get it. You know, it's kind of fucked up. You don't want like I can't speak for you guys, but, you know, I joined this. I joined the military because I wanted to make a difference in the world. I wanted to do, you know, help people and to see people suffering. I wanted to make a change to stop that. So to, in some sense, it's a little disheartening just for that sake. Now, having said all that, I'm 100% in greens with you guys. I don't see the benefit of actually staying in that country. Um, the media and everyone wants to post things on social media and stuff like that. I, I kind of bit my tongue real hard till it, it bled. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I say that is because we kind of get... Uh, GB, you weren't here. Uh, we were, I think it was like two episodes ago. Um, in the middle of episode, um, Chestnut uh called me and he was ranting about you know some of his stuff for his uh, disability claim. Yeah, and he was talking about you know all these people sit here and you know they want to act and they were like, oh, I support the military, I support veterans, you know, I do this, this, and that, you know. But then when it really comes, push comes to shove, it's like, it's just a political, it's like politically correct to say those things, but they don't really mean what they say. They don't feel it. They don't feel it, man. So it's like, at the same time, it's like, you guys been for years. I remember way back when I first got into the military during the Obama administration, they were like, Obama needs to get these people out of Afghanistan. He's just letting Americans die. And then, so it's like, all right, we finally... We finally moved into, you know, what the weirdest thing about what people that don't be in the military know is shit takes fucking forever to get something done. So nightmare. Obama could have on day one, Obama could have been like, let's get everybody out the fucking country ASAP. It still would have took several years for him to get those people out of there. So and then it's like kind of then you want to renege on what you guys were bitching and complaining about for years, for almost a decade. You guys were sitting there bitching and complaining, talking about get us out. And then when we get out, then it's like, how the hell are you guys going to leave those people out to, you know, leave them just like that? That's fucked up. Like, oh, yeah. it's all Biden's fault. Trump would have never done that. They were all wanting to get the there's there's no. Okay, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. There's no political gain of being in Afghanistan no more. There's no resources for America to gain. And uh, to be honest, with a lot of the stuff that like we do as a military, it's all for political gain. It's all for a resource. It's all for something that we can gain as a country to either make our lives better or to make us more money, to be a more powerful country. And so we've been in Afghanistan for 20 years and nothing has changed. I I don't can't speak for you, GB. I can't speak for you, Book. I don't feel like my seven, eight months there was a waste of time because you still had an impact on the people that were there, the, the civilians and shit when we were there. Like people in the Middle East hate America because of what, you know, the Al-Qaeda, the ISIS, whatever, fucking ABC gangbang communities say about us because it's all propaganda. They either make people hate us through propaganda or they force people to hate us because they're like, hey, you don't want to help us. We're going to take your kids' kneecaps away or we're going to cut their arm off so then it's going to make their life a living hell. So it's like to make a difference in changing into these people's eyes because if they're just, if you're constantly... Like the media, media constantly 
broadcast, you know, oh shit that happens in ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. Like we've been talking about for the last 10, 15 minutes, we were the ones that actually trained ISIS, Al Qaeda, all the ABC gangs. We're the ones that gave them the resources to train. Basically, all we do is, and there's a, I'll put it in American terms, there's Crips and Bloods. If Crips outweigh the Bloods, what the American does, because we can't go into the country to take out the Crips, we just give resources and training and tactics to the Bloods to overthrow the Crips. Majority of the time is the Bloods overthrowing the Crips, and then they'd be like, where's our resources? We want the resources that you've been giving us for the past like four or five years. America's like, nah, we, we gave you guys what you needed to overpower the Crips. That's good. Like, you're cut off. Then they're like, okay, well, then we're going to use the tactics and shit that you trained us for the past like decade to try to do some terrorist activities or just regain or to make um, people in that area hate you. So it's just like, we were fighting a lost cause. Like, at the end of the day, like, someone said it, I was watching, I hardly ever watch the news, but I think it was on Fox. And it was like some old uh, Secretary of Defense, or somebody was on there. And he was like, uh, Al-Qaeda has a saying, like, you may have, the watch but we have the time and what they were referring to is like we could be there for as soon like they have all the time in the world to gain back what we took over and they know that it, at us our clock's gonna tick out to where we're like all right we gotta we gotta jet we gotta go so it was just they were perfectly waiting that and on top of it most people in the afghan military were associated with the ABC gangs in some way yeah. or forms. We had a whole, like right before we got to uh, Kandahar, like I think it was like a, maybe a week or two before that, they had that blue on green. So it was a, basically someone from the Afghan army turned on and tried to shoot some Americans because he was part of fucking one of the ABC gangs. So it's like, and especially when they're all top like generals and stuff like that, they're on those payrolls. So it was only a matter of time before our the last boots got on got off the ground that they were just like, all right, well, we're not going to fight you guys because you guys have been paying us for the last 20 years. So it's yeah. just, and then it's like, people were like trying to bash on the, the troops for leaving. And it's like, one, that's way out of their pay grade to just like, oh, no, I'm going to stay and fight and do the, you know, give the great you hope. imagine the staff sergeant telling the secretary of defense, no, nah, I'm going to stay here. And then I'm two, and then two, that you don't think of the, the, the troops, you know, he's been there for God knows how long, a year, from at least six yeah. months to a year. He hasn't seen his family or anything. So, of course, by the time they're like, pack your shit up, you're going home. Of course, he's going to take that plane and get off and go home, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. So it's just like, I hate I hate how much fucking media just plays in on, on shit like this to, you know, try to make it seem like America just like, just, I mean, we are cutthroat, but it's just like, there's... But the military itself isn't cutthroat. Like, it's you know not. what I'm saying? I saw a lot of good, dude. There's a lot of good people who went over to Afghanistan to do good fucking things. And yeah. they did do good things, man. Like, I didn't go over there to, like, everybody, everybody, you like that cliche, oh, I joined the military to kill people. No, the fuck you didn't, dude. Like, no. you didn't. Unless you're a tier one operator and you're good at your fucking job. I, I listen, I joined the military on dare. I'll tell you that straight up. I had I joined the military out there. Never did I think that I was going to get put into Kabul, Afghanistan. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I enjoyed my time. I met some great fucking people. And, like, I'm sure you guys did. Trained a bunch of people. Um, got to see it. And, and what people, well, a lot of people don't understand is Afghanistan is a beautiful country. It is. Like, it's an outdoorsman's dream, man. Unfortunately, there are terrorists there. Yeah. That's crazy that you know, people can have such a small-minded opinion or just scope on situations, but it's it's just kind of like that's just the world we live in, man. It's just news and social media driven. Like you hear what you hear, you hear on social media, you hear what you hear on the news. That's the opinion most people have. Fear and, and anger, man. That's all they yeah. promote is fear and, and anger, and that's all they promote is yeah. You're just scared. You're scared to live. You're scared to be. You're scared to exist. And it's it's crazy that yeah. It's, 
it is just crazy, you know. There's just more to life. COVID, man. Yeah. So GB, I kind of said this last episode. I think it was last episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, book. But I was kind of like sitting here saying like, we're talking. I think yeah, because it was about the COVID. I think about military taking COVID. And I sat here and I said, I said that the military has now has become a, a Fortune 500 company, and basically. In my personal opinion, it's just me, uh, just my eyes being in the military, seeing it, that it's not the military that your your fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers yeah. fought, but they use that, that image, that imagery that, you know, and use that to promote the military, that Fortune 500, just like Apple would promote, you know, look all we done or, you know, Nike, look how we started until then. So I, I just feel like, as much as the brand, like as much as the traditions and the honors and stuff that you know you do receive in the military and that you all get, it's like they really don't care. It's just like right, it's just yeah. Political. It's interesting you bring that up, man, because because like from the time, because because I think I think I came in a little bit before you guys. Um, it was even different when I came in the military, and then when you guys came in, the, and there's always going to be that, oh, well, this generation of airmen suck, or this generation of airmen suck, and they're soft, and you know, it's always going to be that. Um, it, it it's it's frustrating because like they 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 rest on their traditions, and they always bring these traditions, you know, up when they want to like cite policy changes and create new regs and stuff. They're like, oh, well, tradition, tradition, tradition. Maybe that tradition that worked then doesn't work now. Like, at what point in time do we start changing, right? And, I mean, just just since I've been in the military, we now allow, you know, gay people in the military. We now allow, you know, the transgender in the military. Dude, they just rewrote the regs where dudes can have frosted tips. We can put our hands in our pockets. All kinds of crazy shit's going on. You know what I'm saying? So that's how far that, that we've come along. To be fair, we've had two great, Chief Master Sergeants of the Air Force, the last two chiefs are were fantastic and are fantastic. You know, Chief Wright and Chief Bass, dude. Yeah, and but Mr. you know, Jesus, it's it, it, it go it peaks and valleys, bro. Peaks and valleys. So you had two good ones. You know, it's just like commanders at every base. You know, so I yeah. mean, well, we were yeah. coming off, we were coming off some hard times, though, man. Like when you guys are in, dude. It was rough. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It was rough. Until they allow beards, I'm not going to reconsider reenlisting. But if they allow beards back in, I might, you know, be like, hey, it's, it's, it's on the, it's on the, it's on the, the, at the Pentagon, man. It's, they're looking at it. Hey, Chief Bass, Chief Bass is an OG thug, man. She, she's a, she's good people. I think she's a, she's an airman's chief. Um, she works a lot for the airman. You always see her in social media. Go ahead, book. I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, they're supposed to be. That's the whole point of a chief master sergeant is to mentor airmen. Right. You made it, dude. What are you doing? If you're not handshakes and high fives, man. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know if I told, I I don't know if I mentioned it on the, on one of the episodes, but I got my whole story. Cause when I went to seven level, they like sat there and, you know, especially for security forces, there's always like, they're always trying to keep you in and keep you like, Oh no, you got to make changes and shit like that. So I was like, it was a big ass class. I want to say it was like a hundred a hundred staffs in there and then so it was some 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 tech some tech was you know cheating the class or whatever and she was giving the spiel and i and i sat there and i was like look i was like you really want to know why people are getting out at a higher rate than more than ever and she was like yeah i was like look you're here i hear your message as you're preaching you're preaching like oh make that change be that difference and i'm gonna say from the time you were at a1c or airman depending on contract whatever you were like, you endured the bullshit. The security forces are going to endure bullshit. And you sat there and you were like, I'm going to be that difference. I'm going to change the way that this shit is. Like, it totally needs to, like, the oh, this is how I, like you were mentioning, like, oh, this is how I, you know, trained, how I, you know, was an airman. So it needs to be just like that. So you want to make that change. And then so the real good ones, or majority of the most the good ones, they they go up this this ladder and they're like, I'm this is like so much fucking work. Like it is impossible to get up there to actually make change. You gotta be like a chief or you gotta be an officer to actually make change. 
So the real good ones that, you know, can make difference that really make people better educate them, you know, actually give a fuck about them. They all get out or majority of them. GB, there's a a lot of them get out. So the people, so even those that, you know, sit there and, and, you know, hold their ground and be like, nah, I'm going to make it to the mountaintop and I'm going to make that change. You have to endure so much bullshit that when you get up to the mountaintop, that that dream that you had of making the change is fugazi fugazi like it's just pixie dust like it's gone you became that exact mode that you resented and it doesn't change bro and it was like i remember uh at mcconnell uh colonel farmer had us all the staff you know he had all the the airmen in one room the staffs in the one room and there's all them in a different room and shit like that and uh the first shirt was in there and he was like, look, guys, you know, you, you guys are coming too hard on these on these airmen. Like what like what is the problem? You know, they're you know, this, this and that. And, I, and like everybody, you know, of course, the people it's kind of like left wing, right wing. They everyone had their own little wow. spiel. And I literally sat there and I told the, the first shirt, I said, look, and it's like we're not training these people. We're not training these airmen for a war. We're training them to be their best friends, to be their, you know, their coping mechanism. We're like, we're babying them. And then when shit hits the fan, they're not going to be able, their mindset's not going to be in there because they got stress right. cards, they got all this shit. No one's like, I get everyone's story like, oh, everyone, every, every chapter is different for each airman. Like, it's always going to be like, oh, these new ones sure, are soft. Yeah. But it's like, and I used wood because, you know, everyone hated wood. All the airmen hated wood because wood, you okay. just talk shit. So I was like, wood, so over here sitting here talking shit to someone. Instead of them being a man and saying, like, look, man, it fucking bothers me when you do this. Or, hey, I appreciate if you would stop. They run and go tell somebody instead of just facing the person a man to man. And I told him, I was like, look, he might not stop. He might continue to talk shit. But at least he'll have 10 10 times more respect for you than if you run and go tell someone and i was like and that's basically the monster that you're you're creating nowadays it's like it's all it's like i me and book came in like towards the end of like like right in the middle of the sex assault and all that bullshit so it kind of like it started to get soft when like right when we got in there and me like uh i didn't get bet to go in the military but i was like (laughs) i did dude what's up I was in a city where I didn't want to be in there no more. And I knew the military was my ticket out of there. And right. I fucking took it. I didn't know shit about the military. I, like, my dad served 20 years. Cool. That was fine. I didn't have no interest in the military. But I fucking took the jump and I I went in there. But I kind of was like, like, it was. I treated it like football. You're a freshman. You shut the fuck up. You do what the, like, you know. You stick up for right. yourself, but you do what the fucking the juniors, the sophomore juniors and senior tell you to do. If you fucking yeah, yeah. play ball, they'll treat you with respect and you can climb the mountaintop. Once you're a senior, it's always about helping the fucking freshmen because it, it, it's vice versa. You're training your replacement, man. You're training your replacement. That's exactly. the goal. That's my job. So it's like yep. we sit here and try to better all these kids and these kids are just like so fragile nowadays, man. It's like you can't even have a an adult conversation with them it was like uh, you mentioned it on an episode book it was like trying to tell someone they had to take a shower every day this is like and then when you when you like when you get on them about something then they're like they go to fucking the commander like i never like and this is from like my dad like from my dad like dad teaching me like your commander you shut the fuck up you smile yes sir no sir even if you had a problem you never went to the command. These yeah. motherfuckers be kicking down the door and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Like, well, John, I need some help, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who the fuck are you? Calling them by their first name, too. That was crazy. Oh, my God. That's, that's that finance MPF bullshit, man. I can't stand that shit, dude. Hated it. It is a different world now. Now It is, really it is man. And, but, you know, like, it's, it's wild because – we saw like you guys and you guys were NCOs, man. Like we were all NCOs together. You guys saw the ebb and flow of airmen. Cause there was some really good airmen. Like we had some yeah. really fucking good airmen, dude. Like all of the senior airmen I had that were under me at, in Korea all last year just made staff. 
And that makes me so happy because they're good. They were good airmen. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, they asked the right questions. They wanted to be there. You know what I'm saying? So it's nice to see like good people and people who deserve it get that credit and make that extra rank because you know they'll be good. But then you get people, and I'm not going to name drop, but then you get people who make rank because they volunteer at the animal shelter. They volunteer to do pumpkin patrol. They volunteer to do all this bullshit. Can't pass a QC. Can't start a final duty position. Can't pass a weapons fucking qualification. They make NCO of the year somehow, some way, and they they left. They lost their their nine mag in the car and was like searching everywhere. But you know, but that's hey, whatever, dude. Hey, whatever. Whatever, bro. Also likes to to drop racial slurs as well. Yeah, 100%. Over the radio. (laughs) We don't want to mention no names. But But, uh, it's a crazy... We'll we'll close this out because we've been going way, way over. No, we've been 50 minutes, dude. (laughs) I told you this was going to be a monster. (laughs) Well, we'll close this out with... The military is is a beast. That's what I'll I'll say. The final thing is, and if you're listen, watching this and you're considering joining, you know I will caveat you would say like these opinions are each uh, one of us are each individual. Every situation, every job, every career field, you know, is going to determine your military career. Every supervisor, who's the chief master, like all that matters. And so what you're hearing now, you know, in five years from now, can be all thrown out the window. Six yeah. months from now, it could be all thrown out of the window. Yeah, dude, so, with the way things are going, man. I highly so, recommend people who are listening who want to join the military, reach out to one of us three. Because we will tell you the real stuff. Or anybody for that matter. But I guarantee you, one of us three will tell you the truth. That's, we will. I don't right, if you're looking shit, for the so. truth. Hell no. I, I mean, if you're, if you're looking... If you're looking for the unmitigated Lord's truth, I mean, you've come to the right place. You know, you can obviously see after yeah. 20, 21 episodes plus, you know, of us giving our opinions on certain situations, we, we tell it like it is. So, like we say, always tell you, we answer back in the in the social media platforms that we promote, the Instagram, the emails, and all that stuff. So, if you guys have questions, by all means, we'll answer you know, but give us time to answer, obviously, as if if a lot of people are messaging, you know, we need the time. We also have lives as well. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and finish the final three segments. So we'll be right back. <laughs> 